I got lipstick on my thumb. Wow, I'm Terry. Oh my. I'm Julia. And uh let's try it again. No, that's great. All right, and scene two. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices, spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on foxy yet dodgy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the, the final, final girl. girl. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. Hi, guys. I'm Hi. Julia. I'm Terry. And this week we are going to be talking about The Love Witch from 2016. Yes. The title of this episode is I Give, I give the, the Rainbow, Rainbow to You. We literally just touched hands we while did. doing that. It was I give magical. The to you. Yeah. The tagline for this movie is She Loved Men to Death. Kind of true. Kind of true. Mm-hmm. So this movie was made uh, by Anna Biller, who's an incredible filmmaker. Who uh, she had her original her Viva is the film that she did before this. Mm-hmm. This is very good, and this is incredibly cool sixties aesthetic that is so parallel to my aesthetic. It's almost creepy. Y'all are soul sisters for real. For I real. really feel like that too. I'm like, oh, you're me, but different. And look, I look at this movie and I go, wow, it's just I could be and I it's could live. The colors in- you want. It's like the stuff that you dream about. Mm-hmm. It's like literally, like I think about your like everything. Yeah, and it is this. Yes, hi. Yes, yes, hi, Annabella. Mm-hmm. You're amazing. Yep, I really like your your aesthetic and your directing skills. Yes, uh, not to mention directing skills plus. Also, writing, directing, directing, producing, mm-hmm. writing, mm-hmm. editing, mm-hmm. costume, set, art, production design, and composer. So she was like, I'm just going to make a movie, but I will do everything. Everything. Make every mm-hmm. set, make every costume, do all of the music, do everything. That is insane. Can we give a round of applause? Yeah. Anna Biller, you're a fucking hero. Big ups to you. Big ups to you. That's crazy. So this movie starts out with Elaine, mm-hmm. who is played by... Uh, Samantha Robinson, who is possibly the most luminous person I've ever seen on screen. Literally, she glows from the beginning to end. She is stunning. I can't. I mean, she's so perfectly cast because anybody would fall for her. Anybody. Like, she's like, she's she's literally like the hottest woman. Then I was like, how could you need love spells or any type of thing? Because you're literally walking a room and I'm just like, yeah, anybody, whatever you want. You you point to someone, you walk in a room, you probably going to happen for you. They're yours. But I think that's so interesting, too, because I feel like maybe that's like the conundrum of like the hot chick is like, like, thinking about Charlize Theron talking about like she's been single for a long time and she's like well no one's been brave enough to freaking come ask me out and I was like that's probably what happens to this girl is like people are like uh she's out of my league or whatever like she's gorgeous it's just kind of it it, it almost hurts me to watch her in this film because she's Mm -hmm. so beautiful and I can't tell if I want to kiss her or if I want to be her like she's so everything and looks like I want to look like she's just she's put together yes and as heck I mean her like luggage set that she shows up with at the beginning of the film like all like matching and beautiful and and I love when they start in the beginning she there's like rear projection as she's driving it's like a grindhousey looking like kind of like little scene like 
from the 70s. Yes. And we have this uh, voiceover where she's talking about she's still going to start a new life. And then she had a nervous breakdown and she's having intrusive thoughts, but everything's going to be just fine. So I wrote cigarettes, eyeliner and tarot. That's yeah. like the beginning scene. So she's mm-hmm. in her car and like she's got she's smoking a cigarette. She's got this gorgeous eyeliner on and then she's looking at her cards and planning her next move in life. Yeah, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. You consult the cards. Mm-hmm. So she's deciding to move uh, somewhere somewhere in Northern California to this gorgeous Victorian house where her friend mm-hmm. Barbara has an apartment that is just to her taste. Yeah, her friend Trish has helped decorate it. Mm-hmm. And Trish is very proper and she's from England. So I'll do my terrible accent for you. <laughs> Hello, Al there and so Trish is very like oh I decorated it and all these wicked things and it's very garish and I don't understand and and she gets there and she's like this is literally exactly what I wanted like yeah. Elaine is like, so happy with nobody this else in the world would walk in there and like it because it's crazy inside it but is it's so insane, beautiful but it's like paintings that are like you know pentagrams with like witches and breasts and all kinds of things but it's all like bright like vivid, vivid like technicolors and everything so they decide mm-hmm. to have some tea at the Victorian tea room because well, she's like oh do you want to just refreshen up after your trip she's like no I'm not starving well, we'll go to the Victorian tea room I was like really <laughs> you're starving that's where you're gonna go get a tiny little sandwiches. sandwiches and tea this does not sound like the place I would go if I was starving but, but of course uh, Elaine has to change into her tea room outfit so it's like she's wearing like a pink cupcake basically it's like of a color giant hat and mm-hmm. the, like her eyeliner and lipstick changes with every costume change and there's a harpist playing in the tea room yeah crazy harpist and there's like ladies dressed up i literally wrote a note i think i put portland i was like i know it's northern california but it feels like some weird thing i would find in portland they'd be like let's have this old-timey tea room here and i feel like it seems right on so she, they have this this kind of getting to know each other conversation where Elaine talks about how her ex-husband recently died and that the day he left was the day she was reborn as a witch and now it's giving her everything. Uh, but it's a very kind of back and forth because Elaine has this kind of dual look at men where she says that she really wants them that's everything she wants but she also thinks that they're silly and they're easy to please and they're easy to control and so there's and Trish doesn't get it and she's like well you just talk like you're letting the patriarchy rule you and like all you think about is men and so this is like for me like this is the kind of part of Anna Biller's deal that I'm a little iffy on i don't i can't really tell where she stands i think that's part of the film okay. and i think that is the question of okay. the film is what is the true relationship of femininity in the world of patriarchy mm. and i think that like that is really the kind of the crux of the whole thing because even in this witch's cult then they do flashes a lot you know to like her time in the cult or, or i won't call it whatever in the in the coven yeah. and her time with them through rituals and whatnot she has this really awkward relationship with like the head like kind of witcher warlock guy right. who's very gahan he's just like uh he's kind of like this like i don't know he's not attractive he's just this like but he's managed to get these women to be a part of this scene where a lot of the things and rituals involve him being very close to them and mm-hmm. and sexual situations with them and it looks like she has kind of a tug of war even with that. So I think it is a question of like, okay, which way do we harness our power? Because he's talking about harnessing it through sexuality. sexuality and dance and like how you can be in a certain way. And um, 
think that's the fight the whole movie actually so we set it up here in this tea room right mm-hmm. so then they um she would have a scene of her making home at home she's making potions with her fancy spell book and Candles casting spells and in her in her lingerie and herbs and i know she looks hot as hell and it just looks like like you know what men fantasize a witch does right like the beautiful totally. the most beautiful witch totally it's like my ex-wife used to think he's like you girls just pillow fight right uh-huh. i'm like Literally all the time, he's always be like, oh, I know you're with your girls just pillow fighting. I was like, really, dude? Like, that's what you think we do? That's what you think we do all the time, but it literally is like the like... I need to have more pillow fights. I haven't had a pillow fight in a really long time. Okay, maybe we should have one, and then... <gasps> okay. In our, in our 90s? <laughs> totally. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> our producer just whacked me in the head with a pillow. pillow. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. <laughs> it wasn't really a fight. That was an attack, but that's all right. That was an attack. Um, so, so Elaine but I goes, that message. <laughs> Elaine heads to the witch shop where she sells her little potions. Yeah, and the things. magic herb shop. Love magic. Yeah. Bright, bright blessings. Bright blessings. Hi, I'm Wendy. Um, I work here at this shop. I literally was like, this feels very NorCal and very Portland to me. Like it just had all of those trappings of like this beautiful little shop. And, Did like, you go through your little like Wiccan phase after? Uh, no, of course you didn't. Most <laughs> teenage girls went through a little like Wiccan phase after the craft came out. And we're like, yeah, let's get into it. I didn't till college. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we have Elaine. So she she's trying to sell her stuff. She goes to the park. She's eating a sandwich on the park bench, being mm-hmm. very adorable. And she sees Wayne across the Wayne. parking lot. And he's pushing on her crazy eyes, looking at him, mesmerizing him. She sees him because he is a man. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like a rugged dude. He looks like an outdoorsy guy. And she reads him like that like yeah. right away she's like yes that is a man's man and i want it so she just literally because she's just explained how she does this which is part of that conversation before with trish yeah and so she does it she lands him she grabs him and is like hey he's literally talking to another woman and mm-hmm. she takes him from that conversation they get in the car and they drive up to his cabin in the woods because she susses out that he's outdoorsy he has a cabin in the yeah. woods and she's gonna make him dinner and he's like sounds like a good idea yeah they drive up to the cabin they're in the car getting all cozy and she he wants to go all the way in the car but she's he like he wants what? to do it in the car like they're in high school but she's like yeah why don't you just drink this flask first all of it and, and he's, he's like all right and the girl and that's the thing a girl that beautiful she's gonna come home with you like he's he knows what he's gonna get so he's like whatever you want me to drink man i'll drink it no problem bad move bad move so she does make him dinner he doesn't get to eat much of it though uh-uh. i mean she makes these beautiful steaks that look like penises i brought penis steaks oh, did they? the shape they're yeah. totally phallic. Oh. Full on. It's like little ball sack, shaft, oh. steak. See, I don't look at steaks like that, you know, but you're welcome. Okay. Thank you. That's, I, that's, what, I, that's what I love you for. I think I, I even wrote it in with parenthesis, anyway, like it highlighted <laughs> on my notes. So what he does, but he starts to feel kind of funny and finally asks her what was in the drink. And she's like, oh, it's just vodka and berries and some hallucinogenic herbs. <laughs> and then he just laughs. He's like, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. And then all of a sudden... The shit kicks in. Yep. And it's all rainbow sparkles. And she does a strip tease. Oh, my gosh. And she's got lingerie for days, this girl. We're going to see a few more different sets. And it's wild. I mean, we just saw some while she was making the herbs before. But yes. now she's going for it. And I was like, why does this girl? I keep in my head back in my head, too. I was like, she does not need to work this hard. Like, she is motherfucking, like, smoky, smoky hot. Yes. There's no need for this. But On she fire, mm-hmm. like, bells going off. She's I, got this long raven black hair yep. and, like, these beautiful eyes and that blue eyeshadow and 
big ass eyeliner on and she's shaking it shaking it and he's mesmerized and he thinks he's seeing rainbows because she takes her she is all wearing all black but when she take, opens her coat it's all rainbow lined well done annabella on that lining by the way i know it's you personally sewed that beautiful. yourself so mm-hmm. perfecto julia and would wear it i would wear it. yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> um the weird thing about it, though, so like they have these. She she has another striptease she does later in this film, and, and I will watch her striptease to fucking anything. Yeah, but it, there's no beat. She feel, it feels like it's not to me. Like even though it's beautiful and she's very very sexy, like it's an awkward striptease to me. No no no, but it's very specific. Okay. It's because that's what she learned in um, with with Gahan. He talks about that later when but they're she at says the burlesque she used club. To be a dancer, right? Right, but that's what he also talks about when he has the other girls show up. When we have Star Rain and Moon, Moon show up. Who I actually know, Star. She was ah. my scene partner in an acting class last year. It's a small world. It's a very small freaking world. Um, her fiance is the lead singer of Muse as well. Um, he's got a nice voice. He's all right. Yeah. He's very good. Hi, Elle. If you listen, I doubt you're listening to this, but <laughs> you never know, Terry. You Gamble. never know. Like random things happen, but she's amazing. But yes, when he, when he when he brings those girls in, he talks about harnessing the power of dance, and it's very specific to that religion and what right. they're doing. So, so it doesn't look like a typical striptease, and not it, like, at all. It's but very also, specific of what she's trying to get choi- him in. The music choice is kind of awkward and like the editing is kind of strange it's a very unusual she's throwing him off yes it's not to lure him into like be like it's to lure him in for love it's not to lure him in for sex necessarily so she's got a very specific purpose which is i think why it's so weird and why it feels unsettling Uh because you know that it's not right right because she's trying to force it through these spells and whatnot and so she's already got him like you know, on the drugs and it works though. He is like, I just want to be YU and I want to be with you. And he yeah. like takes her back to the room and she's like, okay, rainbow psychedelic sex mm-hmm. scene. Um, and then, but then he feels real sick and he's like, what have you done to me? But it's, so he feels sick, but he's also feels so in love with her and he's overwhelmed. Like, yes. And he's, he's overwhelmed with emotion and he's drank a fucking love potion to make him fall in love with her, which works. But it, as soon as it works, She's not interested. Yep. Like as soon as she let, he loves her, she's like, nope, what a fucking it's too baby. much. He think well, it's because he starts crying about how much he loves her and, and he she, can't stop crying. And she's so cold in her comfort. Yes, yes, yes. Like so patronizing. Because her- he's on drugs and she's not. And she's just like, mm. yeah, she she's over him. She could have drank that too, though. She had the drugs. She could have. But it also like she just was not she honestly because she didn't really know him literally this was five minutes after grabbing him she right. rode off into like but the woods with him to, but this seems to be her mo or like she knows what's going to happen this seems to be this pattern that she's she makes up that she has more of a relationship with these people than she does and then it all goes south immediately because she built it up in her mind because she's crazy mm-hmm. so she goes out to sleep on the couch because he's crying and screaming her name and she is not she lets him cry it out and he wakes up interested. and he thinks he had a dream about this but it was really what happened yes and she brings him breakfast in bed but again is being very cold and he's saying how sick he is and we have um and then she finds him she finds him dead in the morning as she wakes up and he's and he's dead and she seems surprised she cries she's like sad about it but she's also kind of like oh good timing because i honestly was kind of over him but she like takes care of him but, but she, she builds a shallow grave for him outside she does, but does she mm-hmm. does she she poisons him, right? Like this was the whole tent all along was for him to die. But she just had, that's the deal, right? Oh yeah. Well, like or the did, it, did, stuff? did it go wrong or was she the seed intent? 
That's a good question because honestly, at the end, I kind of wondered too because like like once police get involved, but da, 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 um, they're all wondering if like because he supposedly looks like he had a heart attack or something, right? So if he had like cardiac arrest or some sort of like stroke or some sort of like physical thing, it could have been brought on by the drugs or poisoning. Sure. Or he really could have been, I think he really did die of a broken heart because like she overwhelmed him and then left him. Yeah. So she, but she's not surprised. And so she goes to creating her witch bottle, which she's going to put on top of his grave. So the witch bottle, bottle. lots of pee in the bottle. And then I would bet this scene is the scene that would turn all the men off in this movie. This is why she made the movie. And this is why she did it. Mm -hmm. Because you have a shot of her squeezing a used tampon into the neck of a bottle and all, it's all kind of bloody and coagulated. And any girl who sees that is like, "Mm -hmm." and every guy who sees that is just repulsed and it's too far and i know she pushed it too far for a reason and i love it for For sure for sure and even her like explanation in the film kind of about it is like it's natural this is what literally every woman has seen this and she even says that in the mill in the film she's like yeah you guys we've all seen it yeah here's what it looks like and she throws in some herbs and spices right next to it yeah Mm, (laughs) delicious puts it in the bottle and he puts it on top of a grave but it's it is how how funny that how crazy of an image that is that we don't see that like oh you've seen people get murdered and machine gun well, and even when she wakes up times. in the morning she yeah. you see the blood like stain on like the sheet that she slept on uh-huh. like on the couch and everything too uh can i just point out that in that cabin they have a set of mushroom jars in the background that i also own like a super groovy set of, of mushrooms and the record collection set that whole that whole house i was just like i would like to live there too. yes i would like to be in that cabin mm-hmm but without like the dead things. Well, yeah, no dead people. But she, you know, very coldly mentions that she's dead people. She's buried people before, people she cared about, you know. It's she a, has it's a dead a dra- husband. It's a drag. <laughs> it's a drag. Yep. But she, she's also not a very good murderess in the fact that she leaves her fucking coat, which is real distinct, and, and her, her pee, pee. And like literally all her DNA evidence, she yeah. leaves it on top of the she, grave. Like, it's like a very shallow grave and then like all of her stuff on top. You're like, well, well, she lit part of it on fire, but like not all of it's going to go on fire. Mm-mm. It's very strange. So we have a, our first scene in the burlesque club mm-hmm. where we meet Gahan and Barbara, who are her coven mates. Um, and she's telling them about this trouble she's having with the sky and what happened. And they mention, and this is, a, this is a very Martin-esque kind of quote where he's like, love spells never work. They think the way you think it'll work. So like Martin, where like, people never do what you want them to do. And like, true. this is like love spells. You can do it, but it's going to turn into this crazy obsessive love. And then you don't want it anymore. And then right. it all goes awry. Right. Um, but she did, they, <laughs> we meet Star and Moon, right? Yeah. And we have a, f- they're protégés of the coven, basically. They want to like learn the dance, yes. the art of dance and uh, And we the featured burlesque dancer in this scene is April Showers, who is someone She's amazing. that I actually know from the New Beverly and, uh, on the burlesque circuit, I had a very brief stint as a burlesque dancer. Yes, Cher- she did. Cherry Popsicle was so my good. Your photos name. from that. <laughs> Maybe she'll throw one up on the. Oh, I wouldn't count on that the one. Patreon. Those are so cute. You did a little throwback. You did uh, some little throwbacks before from some of those. I know. I know. I wouldn't mind. Maybe maybe for the Patreons. But April Shower is pretty pretty so bitchin'. good. Um, can, and I just want to point out this really random. She has a flashback to Jerry, who's her ex husband, and mm-hmm. this kind of how crazy is she and this kind of like these are the things that he said to her that she's like she's listless she doesn't want to leave the house she never goes anywhere he found an old hot dog under the under the bed that's morning that morning and you're like she's she was already kind of broken when jerry came around and like now she's real going into real deep end territory um should we ha- and then we have the witch's flying ointment scene. Do you recall this? Yeah, scene? 
I was their... like, what does that even do? Oh, what does that do? You gonna fly? I wondered about wink, that too because she's like she, rubbing it on herself. Yep, and then she kind of is having a little sexy, touching herself, getting off, remembering her witch initiation. Yeah, there's like all this like sense memory stuff that's happening during that time. More lingerie though. Lots more lingerie, and she's wonderful in that. So, congratulations. She's, she's so beautiful, Terry. I know I've said it a thousand times, but man, so beautiful. Uh, I guess we are in love with the love, love witch. witch. Hey, yeah, yeah. She did it. She, she did it. I, she's I drink super her, hot. I drink her flask. Right. I don't know. I'd be a little bit dubious now that I know. But she, now that you know, but she come at you like a beautiful girl. But then you're like, she walk away. You're like, she crazy. Yeah. And I guess that's probably why she has a hard time dating because you like you kind of. No, because guys, mm-hmm. those, those guys who like those crazy girls, you know, she crazy girl, like at crazy girls. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> so then we meet Sergeant Griff Meadows. He's a, he reminds me of um, the main guy in Thoroughly Modern Millie. He's like, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of Thoroughly Modern Millie. <laughs> the crossover, I'm crossover. Sure is spectacular, not the love witch. Anyway, I don't know, you never know. But he has that same vibe of like dumb, but very handsome and like very commanding looking. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's the one that like, anyway, um, <laughs> that like, uh, what's her face? Julie Andrews really wants, like tries to go for the movie. It's not who she ends up with, but who she thinks she wants. Okay. He He's very much that guy. Okay. So the, the the student that Wayne had been talking to comes in and is like, hey, he's missing. He was talking to this lady and then all of a sudden he's not around. So they go up to the cabin and find the aftermath of what's happened. And like, okay, well, we have a murder on our hands and let's see what we can do about that. Um, and then we have Trish. Trish, on the other hand, Trish has gone out of town. Yeah. So, uh, and she's let Elaine know, unfortunately. And now Elaine's like, well, I just killed that other guy, but I need somebody to be with right now. Um, your husband looks like he loves you. I would like someone to look at me like they love me too. Yeah. So she's going to go for Richard, Trisha's husband, and seduces the hell out of him and literally leaves him nutter butters insane. Yeah. Like, she drives him mad. She drives him. I mean, I have never seen a man so saplessly sad, 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 and just like crying in a corner, <laughs> all drunk, and just remembering her body and her writing face journals over about her. her. It's pretty fucking. And sad. Trish just like she gets back home and she's like, "My husband's broken. I don't know why. <laughs> I was with somebody. If I know who I'm it is, I'm guessing it's an them. affair. Yeah." <laughs> but she does. He does. We do. She know it's like one of her best friends, basically. So yeah. far. Yeah. Um, but she tells Richard that she is the the her his ultimate fantasy. So she was that is part of her plan is to take what they want and make it specifically. That's been her mo. She tries yeah. to give guys exactly what they think they want. So uh, Griff goes to see Professor King to go see we can find out about this mysterious bottle. He's a voodoo specialist. He is, <laughs> and he tell he tells him that this is uh, the weed that's in it is Jimson weed or Devil's weed, mm-hmm. which is something that will make you hallucinate, but like in a really really bad intense, way, intense bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go they tell us about white witches versus black witches, and there's this is where we get a little witchy education to figure out what's what. So if we weren't up on it, you would know. And then we get this full-on naked witch ritual. That's hard to say. Witch ritual. A witch ritual. And they're, uh, you know, naked. And there's an, a, a witch. 
<laughs> oh, which which will? <laughs> and they, I love the after coven ritual shindig. Yeah, they literally are like, okay, we did this like weird thing, and like In the we backyard, like, and now got around, we're, we're all like... naked, and now we're just gonna have like literally. There's a there's a plate. I love this that they cut to with the pentagram on it, and there's cookies on the on the pentagram plate, and they just grab the cookies off the pentagram. And oh. this was the one shot in the film that felt so out of place to me. Was they, they did it a few times actually, but it was like her mouth super close up, like crunch, 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 which is like the second or third time we've gotten a very close up on the lips yeah actually because there was there's been these weird zoom shots every now and again it's just her like fun consuming sugar through this entire movie just like eating cake constantly i just think it shows like how manic the situation is and how like her thought process is i feel like you got a little like head into that with the i was like all right and there's like punch like from this like out everything looks very evil but they're like oh we're just gonna have like we're just hanging out after our witch witch rule but she's she's unhappy because now richard has become morose and his his aura is murky and he's kind of a drag and she doesn't really want to be with him anymore because he's obsessed with her because anytime a guy actually is obsessed with her versus like what she thinks love looks like she's done with them yeah so done so she's just over it so she gives him the cold shoulder basically and like he cannot take it no. And so meanwhile, Griff is on the case. He goes around. He goes to the witch shop. He goes to Elaine's house and finally meets her and tries to see what the deal Which is. Which is a bad idea if you're a hot dude and you show up at this love witch's house. Mm-hmm. She going to mess with you. Yeah, he, she's good. She knows mm-hmm. your number immediately. And she just says witchcraft is her religion. It saved her life after her husband's death. But this speech I actually really liked. I was like, yeah, that sounds valid. And she like does it has a good argument. Like you guys want to like chastise this and, and, you know, demonize this. But like, really, this is like what I've gravitated to. This is my religion. And like the way she explains it, it's actually kind of beautiful. And I was like, damn it. Why she got to be crazy, though? Yeah. <laughs> but he invites her to go horseback riding the next day because she says she likes animals and she only wants to be with the guy who loves animals and he's like yes i got animals for let's you. go horseback riding yeah cut to them and white crisp clean <laughs> like riding john purse like, um you know press shirts and yes the riding jumpers and like on like these beautiful horses and he says he comes up he says how's my girl am i your girl am i really your girl i was like oh god you are for today and then mm-hmm. oh What's that noise? Could it be a crazy Red Fair pop-up that's just in the middle of fucking nowhere? Random Red Fair! I was like, what? Yeah. I think I wrote, yes, I'm pretty, pretty I'm, sure. I'm probably like, the only person in the world who has this connection, but it makes me think of the scene in Across the Universe when all of a sudden they're like, what's that noise? And then they go over and it's like Mr. Kite Circus that has like popped up in the middle of the field. That's kind of that, though. Mm-hmm. I would support that. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Can we have a handshake on that yes, one? Yes, for right, sure. Okay. We're shaking hands. Across the Universe, shout out. Yes. Doesn't happen enough. One of Julia's favorite films it, of all time. It's true. So they go to this Ren Fair thing where they're celebrating the summer solstice and it just happens to be her friends from the coven so, so we see Gahan and this Barbara this has all been a setup right that they 100% expect him this is we're gonna she's gonna lead him here we're gonna end up here and they're like we should oh the jester suggests that they should do a mock wedding it'll be so fun we just happen to have these clothes that you'll be the bride and groom exactly, exactly. I was like, oh, and he looks a little nervous, but yeah, but he goes with it because he's with this girl and he's excited and she's fun and mysterious right now. So they get mock wedding and right away. Mock married. They tie the knot. They have a feast. They riding away on horseback like they're so much cake. Can we just stop and mention that how much cake was in this movie? This is also made me think about you. I was like, Julia, this literally is your movie Mm because you love cake. I do. You spent a year making like every week at movie night. I think you mm-hmm. made it for a whole year. You made different cake every week. Yeah. Um, I like snacky cakes. Those snacky are my cakes, Mr. Kipling's cakes. Again, looking for that Mr. Kipling sponsorship. But like <laughs> there was cake 
literally in the tea room. Yeah. And the first scene, and then when she's making her food, at, making her like potions and stuff at home, she had a slice of cake. Yeah. She feeds Richard cake. Every scene's got cake. So, cookies. so far. Cut cakes and cookies. What more could you need? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, then we have this kind of, Griff goes back to this police station and his partner, Steven, is like, it's this lady. Like, clearly it's this lady. And he's like, no, 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 I can't be here because he's just spent the whole dang day with her. Yeah. So they have a little punch up in that boy fashion, get the and tension my, out. And mind you, there's been a lady cop, Connie, who's yes. been like flirting with Griff and like they definitely have a thing going on and he is blowing her off now and she is like (gasps) scorned and not okay about this at all so Elaine is already shooken up this love witch is already shooken up this whole department now and Trish comes home to find her husband dead in the bath slit his own wrists that's he was driven mad by his love for Elaine, and now Trish and uh, Trish and Elaine have this really sad meeting in the, back tea room, in the tea room. But now the ver- like it's switched because now she's single and she's not. And but it's the reverse scene from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Elaine never has she. I you know she's so cold and removed from everybody in this whole movie, and like she's pretending to have oh very comforting. She doesn't words. have connections with anybody no, really. She, she only thinks about herself, and obviously cares nothing for Trish's friendship having. Uh, you know, killed his, her husband. She broke him. She did. And she liked it. She liked very much him. so, but, and cause she was done with him. But, uh, unfortunately, uh, Lane leaves her key on the table on accident. A ring. It's the ring. You're right. I'm sorry. So it's not the key. It's the ring. So um, during the wedding, there was rings exchanged. They tied the knot literally like That's old right. timey Ren Faire. Cool. Like that was, was very cool. They tied like a knot around their wrist, and then she they exchanged rings. And so she's been wearing this ring that she got at this wedding, thinking like I'm going to get a real one soon. So she lets Trish try it on. Clearly, oh, yeah, she's put some that. stuff on this because right. I was like, when she walked out, I was like, why did she kiss her and why did she leave the ring with her? And as soon as Elaine leaves, Trish pulls out her cell phone. And I was like, this is the whole time. Most of the movie, you're like, what era? What time was this movie shot in? It looks like it's like 1960-something, 1970-something. It's totally modern day. It's totally modern day. Because at the beginning, too, honestly, I wrote notes. I was like, there's like a like um, RAV4, like behind, yeah. like in one of the scenes. Yeah. Even though all the other cars have but been like old-timey. Yeah, but that's kind of what's so cool about Elaine as well. Is like not only, but she also looks like she stepped out of time. She looks like she's in another time period. She's totally from another time and from another place. Um, and so she did, this is the first like cell phone we see in the whole movie. And she calls um, Elaine to be like, hey, I'm going to drop off the ring by your place because she happens to know that where the place she is. She has the key because she, she, she helped her decorate it and she helped move, move her there. And so she stops by the place and then all of a sudden she's in this apartment and she's sets it down. But she sets it down on the plate that was on another pentagram plate. Yeah. And she's like, that doesn't feel right. So she walks in and she explores the apartment. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, well, no. We'll just go over like and she goes to her dressing table in the bedroom, starts, like, looking at her stuff and then like starts gets a little dressing, single white female all of a sudden dressing like her puts her lipstick on puts, puts her, her wig, wig on, on, puts her like lingerie on and does like, her oh, makeup no. like her. So she's starting to lose it. Because her husband just, she just found her husband in the bathtub. So and she's she, not, she's kind of having a break right now too. Sure. And, but she's so, she's so enamored of Elaine as well because Elaine's so gorgeous and like, oh, I want to be her. And then wander over to this table where she has the shrine to all of, of all her the men dead she lovers. has loved before. And she has photos of each one of them. And in front of each one, um, in the, sorry, in the drawer, there's like a packet for each one of the spells that she has put on them. Yes. And like remnants. doll and their yes. little like token. So it's like she's kept all the evidence of all the harm she's caused all these men ahead of time. Not smart if you're a murderer. Can I just point that out? No, Don't. she's but breaking she's a not, lot of murderess rules. She does not 
think in that way. She's also been making paintings of a lot of the things she's thinking about, which, yeah, it's not great either. And Lane's such an interesting character because I don't think she thinks she's evil at all. I think she thinks that she like everything's on the up and up and like, oh, I just did it for love. And he I don't he didn't understand. me. That's what murderers do. They think they're doing it for a reason. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean, though? Like that's survival is justification of your bad behavior. But I don't think she's okay. Uh, (laughs) So they end up having a bitch slap fight. Back and forth. Bitch, skank, whore is what she says. You killed my husband. Um, And she wishes Trish would die or something crazy. And they end up back at the burlesque. Like, Elaine shows up back at the burlesque club where Griff has been hanging out. And all these people are like, hey, that lady's freaking evil. You need to get rid of her. And she shows up and sees him. And the whole town is starting to turn against Elaine and they start saying burn the witch burn the witch burn the witch and they chant and they want to kill her and we got an angry mob yes and Griff drives her off because he's like this is bad he just wanted to arrest her well because it looks like they're gonna start getting real rapey in there they're taking her clothes off and the guys were gonna stake her unbuckling her their pants yeah and it was gonna get be a real rape fest and then a big old burn the witch so he takes her back to her place and she's like oh I'm glad you're here basically and like makes him a drink which he smartly does not drink does not drink because he's hip to her game now yes he's like nope don't thanks i'm okay knocks it over so then she turns around to see him she's sitting he's sitting on the edge of her bed and she sees his face as a skull and has this kind of freak out break i guess and then uh walks over to him and um stabs him in the heart and stabs him and which there's been a picture of behind the whole film that she kept going back to of a lady like looks like she'd ridden a horse like in the Ren Faire scene mm-hmm. um, with a knight basically like a gentleman um, in like this flowy shirt very similar to what he wore in the Ren Faire scene mm-hmm. um, and she's holding a heart and smiling and he's dead on the ground and that's basically what she creates in her room and all of a sudden she seems whole and complete because she's really completed the mission she really set out to do because he was the one who actually did not want to love her back. Mm-hmm. And that's really what she wanted mm-hmm. was not that. Well, she'll have his heart one way or Warner. another. Yep. Actually. So we end on her face kind of smiling serenely. Holding his heart. Bloody knife in mm-hmm. her hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie gives so much kudos for style. Annabelle is like a one woman filmmaking machine. And I love how specific and idealistic this film's aesthetic is and Mm -hmm. i i it's really cool yeah it Um, took me a minute all of a sudden i was like "Uh uh-oh and then i was like into it because it took me a minute to like be immersed in her world Mm -hmm. but once i was on board and i was like okay i get where you're going lady and i'm trucking with this and i was like oh my goodness and and samantha's performance is wonderful yes she's great to watch Okay, so let's do some gore factor, yeah. huh? You want to do some gore yeah. factor Yeah. Not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Um, two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood. And five, run for the barf bag. We gave this a 3.5. Um, mostly because of the period scene, actually, is what I... Julia was like, there's not a lot of gore. I was like, there isn't, but there's murders. And there's tampons. And there's tampons. You use tampons a lot. And, and she does in stab them in the heart and like rip his heart out so and there's some other stuff within the rituals and whatnot that i think are kind of like mm, Mm -hmm. 
would push some buttons. So. so for movie rating, we have zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, fantastical. Uh, I gave The Love Witch a four, not too shabby. Um, I really like this film. Um, for me, I'm a bit of a pervert, so I wanted to go in more of like a crazy Russ Meyer-y kind of fashion. Hard, like yeah. I want more sex and gore. For but sure. I, I kind of always want more sex and gore. For sure. Um, so that's my only. <laughs> that's my only. My only thing. But uh, I, I mean, you get plenty of her yeah. in lingerie and sexiness and, and stuff. being wonderful and beautiful. I agree with you. I'm gonna. I actually give the same. I give it a four as well. Um, kind of this kind of similar thing. I feel like it could go it could go even crazier. Mm-hmm. Um, it might even turn off more people. Maybe maybe that's why she didn't. But like, there there was opportunities. I think for more insanity. Yeah. But I love like kind of the um just the heart of this. Mm-hmm. Just like the strangeness and just she's a badass. Just yeah. going for it. So. And I want to support Anna Biller and all she does because what she does is fantastic and right up my alley. Dope. All um, right. So next week, Terry Gamble. What will be our hundredth episode? What the. F- what the of horror movies around seriously 100 100 we've been doing this that long yeah doesn't That's feel insane. that long i know but to to celebrate we're going to be do uh, a movie that is one of uh, my favorite horror films okay tell when me about I it you and i've never seen what 28 days later <gasps> it's so good i don't know am i gonna be okay it looks really scary it is really scary like i think every artwork piece i've ever seen for the, i don't know what it's about but i mm-hmm. feel like it's about like the end of the world or something because mm-hmm. it's only 28 days it's tw- it's danny boyle he did train spotting so that should tell you the level of goodness okay. you're aiming for so it's gonna be good but it's also gonna be like maybe a little disturbing yeah mm-hmm. okay but I'm excellent. down. Yes. I'm super and Miss Marion Kerr will be joining us next week to, for our 100th episode. She's coming back. She's coming back. Does that mean I, do I still get to stay though? Yes. You know, you're good. You're permanent. Okay. No fear. Okay. We're here. No, I mean, you either way. Me. <laughs> <laughs> but Marion will also be here. So thank you so much for listening. And please uh, do look us up on our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, um, and also our Patreon. Patreon. Thank you guys so much, all you backers. We have some fun stuff coming out for you really soon. And I cannot wait to share with more. Um, so thank you again. We really appreciate it. And we can't wait for more people to join you. Yeah. <laughs> we will see you next week for our 100th episode and 28 days later. Thanks. <laughs>